0: You guys, good. Good, good. You know that that video, oh, man, brutal. I um, I remember first time I watched it. I was a 20 year old intern uh, at the the church I grew up in. I was like, oh man, that's sad. But it was a good video. And then uh, I remember the video. A couple weeks ago, as I was prepping for this sermon, and I started watching it, and I was in the student venue by myself, uh, just working at the bar, and uh, as I was working on. The sermon, and I watched this video, I just started weeping, right? Like, I'm just crying. I got, like, the snot bubble thing going on. Like, we're in a bad spot. And then our Connections Pastor, Andrew Sally, he's a 24-year-old dude. Uh, he walks out of the bathroom. He's like, what the heck happened? In the couple minutes I was in there, like, he just didn't understand. I was like, bro, it's this video. Like, it's a whole thing. You'll see it in a few weeks. And uh, the reason... I wanted to uh, show us that video as we jump in today, Uh, you know, whether you are here in person or online, I think the message that it communicates is that the time that we have with people uh, is short and uh, time runs out quickly. So how do we make the most of that time? See today I'm going to talk really practically towards parents, but I do believe that this is a sermon. This is a subject that ultimately the steps that we're taking can apply to anyone in any relationship that you're in, whether you are a boss, a friend, a leader, a mentor, a coach, a teacher, a coworker. I think it applies all over the place. So when you hear all this parent talk, I want you to know that this does apply to everybody uh, that, that is in here because no matter who you're with, time is running out. And one of the things that we push so heavily is this gen ministry here at The Rock, because we want families to find what matters. And one of the philosophies that we have for that is the kind of thinking orange, uh, which is where we take the yellow light of the church uh, with the red love of the family. And we mix those two together uh, to create orange, right? Because The truth is, if we just try to have you guys do all your family stuff on your own, we try to do all the church stuff on our own, that is nowhere near as effective as if we as a church partner with families, partner with people to help other people find what matters. And this is easily something that is one of the most important things we do because we do believe that people will have an influence on other people. I mean, that's just how it works. Like I think about family life for me, there's been things that I've been influenced by my family. For example, I'm a Notre Dame fan because my dad is a Notre Dame fan. And that's sad for me because it's been 28 years of pain, right? Um, I got influence like whenever we make spaghetti at our household, Whatever vegetable that we have that night, the Finkley family, we just kind of dump it on our spaghetti and just mix it all in. And it looks disgusting. It looks gross. But the problem is I didn't know that was not a normal thing. So one time me and Katie were having spaghetti at my family's house and she walked over and she saw all of our plates and we all had peas in the middle of our spaghetti. And she's like, what kind of family did I marry into, right? Instant regret by her, right? So like there's these different things that we have these people in our lives that influence us. But the unfortunate thing is no matter what position of influence that you are in, that time runs short. Going back to this idea of parents, you know, you have this jar of uh, pebbles, jar of marbles. Um, and this one right here, there's roughly 936 in here. And those 936 marbles uh, signify the 936 on average weeks that you have with your kid from birth until they graduate high school. And every single week that goes by, that's a marble, it's a pebble that disappears. You know, you had that first week where everything's crazy, you just had the baby and you're just trying to get your head on, it's gone. That week where it was a really good week and you guys were all on vacation, it's gone. The bad week where you guys didn't really wanna talk to each other all week, gone the week they were on the school trip gone the week that you were on a work trip gone the week they had a tournament all weekend gone and I go on and on and on and you guys know as well as I do when you're influencing people whether it's a parent to a kid or to someone that you're doing life with time goes by fast so how do you make the most of that because I personally, my goal as Keely's dad is to help her find what matters by connecting her to Jesus and others. If I can do that, I'm accomplishing my mission and that should be all of our mission with the people that we influence, that we help them find what matters by connecting them to Jesus and others. But we let it go by too quickly. We miss those moments, we miss those opportunities. So how do we not do that the way we don't do that? is to be consistent. Because consistency in every moment is the key to not missing any moments. And that feels daunting. That feels heavy. That feels impossible. If you look at your own life, you could already say like, I have this gap, I have this gap, I have this gap. I'm messing up all over the place. I get that. I talk to young leaders all the time who are like, I don't know how to... I don't know what to do. I talk to to, uh, parents that are like, I don't know what to do. I talk to to young leaders and small group leaders. I don't know what to do. The biggest thing you can do is just be consistent. And where I pull this from is Mary. You know, Mary, she's obviously an interesting woman in the Bible, but think about the weight that she had as a parent. Mary was the mother of Jesus. She was raising the son of God that's weight, that's struggle, that is daunting. But the truth is, all of us, no matter what situation we're in, if we are in a position to influence other people, there is a weight to that. And I want you to know today, we can follow Mary's example and be consistent in three different areas that will make a major impact in helping the people that we influence find what matters. And the first of this is to be consistent with your words. Be consistent with your words. See, there are words that we say all the time. The words we say matter. I think about people in my life, I think you have people in your life where you could repeat what they say all the time. Like in our production meeting this past Thursday, I looked at one of our interns, I said, Hey, what does your mom say to you all the time? And she looked back at me and said, Because I said so I was like, Okay, that means she's challenged your mom a lot. All right, right? For me, one thing that I always heard from my dad was be a star. Be a star, be a star, be a star, be a star, be a star. I heard it every single day of my life. Every single time I left for school, um, he would say, All right, Clay, have a great day, be a star. Mackenzie would say the same thing. Tate would say the same thing. Abby would say the same thing. We all heard that phrase a million times. And I think that's important. I think that's important for us to recognize because when I'm thinking about what I need to consistently communicate to Keeley, I wanna think about things that stick in her head that she remembers forever. Because what you say to the people that you lead, whether it's a kid or a coworker or whatever, that is something that will make a difference in their life in the short term and in the long term. It'll be a short term reminder, but a long term memory. Mary, she had a great example of this in Luke chapter one where she gets told that she's gonna have Jesus. And she breaks into this song of praise. And it's this really powerful uh, kind of song slash scripture that I want us to read together in Luke chapter one, verse 46 to 55. It says, Mary responded, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors to Abraham and his children forever. Why is this her being consistent with her words? Because if you look there, not a lot of it is repeating or anything like that. But if you think about the context of how this scripture was written, you know, this is Luke writing it post Jesus' death, later years on. So, and Luke was a guy who was a doctor, who was a physician, and he was a guy who really liked to get into details of things. If you look at the book of Luke, it's very detail driven. So chances are he got his information from a direct source or a a very direct uh, offset source where he could get this information. So if after all these years Luke was able to look at Mary and say, hey, tell me about what's going on. And she was able to recall this song. What that probably means is this was something that she repeated constantly. She said it um, maybe when she was working around the house. She said it when she was maybe as a lullaby to Jesus. She might have said it as a moment of joy where she would break into this song. And what was happening is these words were a consistent reminder for Jesus who God was. What are the words that you are consistently saying, communicating in your household? Are they communicating who God is? Are they communicating what he's done? Are they communicating how he views us? Are they communicating that that is a priority in your household? You know, Kids, they're like uh, parrots, right? They'll repeat what you say. They'll notice it, they'll repeat it. Kids are way more perceptive than you ever realize and they pick up on everything. So what you're saying does make a difference in their lives. And for Mary, her message was consistent. Her words were consistent. It was, oh, how my soul praises the Lord. What are the words you're saying around your kids, around the people you lead? But it's not just around your kids, it's to your kids, it's to your people that you lead. You know, I wanna ask you a question here. And it's an important question. How often do you tell your kid that they matter to Jesus? Probably not enough, right? How often do you tell your coworker that? Probably not enough. The the person that you lead, probably not enough. I know I don't say that enough to the people in my life. But how would that change their life? How would that affect them? How would that change their identity in the phase that they're in life? How would that change their situation that they're in in life right now? it'd make a huge difference. But see, this is where the idea of Orange comes in once again, because a lot of times with this idea of telling people that they matter to Jesus, we fully depend on the church to do that. And I'll be honest with you guys, right here on this stage, there's not enough time in the year for us to do that to the level that people need. And here's how I know this. There's a chart, a statistic that Orange came up with several years ago. This is the stat. The average church has only about 40 hours a year to influence. The average parent has 3,000 hours per year to influence. That is why it can't just be the church. And that's why we also realize we wanna partner with you guys to accomplish this mission. You guys are in the best position to influence the kids in your life. You're in the best position to influence the people in your life. You have way more time than we ever will have. So we wanna do everything possible to help you guys do that. But it also starts with you guys saying, hey, this is who God is and you matter to Jesus. And once you start doing that, that's gonna make a difference. And it might take time. It might take some adjustment. You might have to change what things look like in your house. You might have to change what dinner looks like. You might need to change your vocabulary at the workshop. You might need to stop the gossip at work, but you can do it. And as you begin to do that, you will really be able to communicate the second thing that we need to be consistent with, which is love. We be consistent with our words, then we be consistent with our love. I'm going to have a moment of transparency here with you guys. Uh, I, uh, originally when I was working on this, uh, sermon, I, uh, I was going to bring a yo-yo on stage and I bought a yo-yo like $15 yo-yo. So, you know, it was a serious business, right? And I practiced with that yo-yo for a week. Yo-yoing is much harder than people tell you it is, right? Like it is, that is not an easy skill to pick up fast. So I, 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 uh, forgot the yo-yo at home, so I wouldn't have to yo-yo in front of you guys, but let's just go on this little mental journey together. Let's get our imagination on, right? So let's just say I have a yo-yo in my hand, right? And right now, it's a lot like family. Sometimes things are very close, things are great, things are happy, everybody's good. And then there's other times where family feels like it's far away and you have uh, this, this, this distance between you But with a yo-yo, there's one thing that connects you at all time, right? And that's the string, that's the line, that's the rope. The family is the same way. Whether you are close or you're far away, there should be one thing that constantly connects you, and that is love. And that love is what will bring them back close eventually. It might be a while, but it will bring them back close eventually. And that's how it is for us. Everything is not going to be perfect, but we do need to love in every situation that we come across. You know, Mary, she had a fantastic example of this. There was this big event that went on uh, for their culture and what was going on in their lives at the time. So they went and traveled to this event. They were all there. And then after they were there for a little while, they left. And as they were leaving, they were traveling for a few days. And Mary and Joseph, they started to look around and they realized Jesus was not with them. They're starting to freak out. You can imagine they lost the son of God, like no big deal, right? They're freaking out. They're nervous. They're like, I lost my kid. So they backtrack all the way back to the place that they came from. And when they got back to the place they came from, they ended up at the temple and they found Jesus. Now, there's several different responses some people could have. Some people would say that if their child ran off for three days, they would go up there and uh, hug them and never let them go. Others of you would quickly bring out the belt. Uh, Depends on your parenting style, right? Um, But you have this situation, terrible situation, nerve-wracking situation, right? Very scary for Mary. She's probably feeling like a horrible parent at this point. It's like she's really screwed up. But there's something that Luke catches here that, man, it just blew my mind and I loved it. Luke 2.51, it says this. This is at the end of the story. It says, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother, who is Mary, treasured all these things in her heart. Now, I was trying to do a little inferring here. So this is just me imagining. So just go on this with me for a second. I wonder if Luke wrote that last line because he could just kind of see the joy and the love on Mary's face as she told him this story. Or he could just tell that each moment that she had with Jesus was truly special to her. And I think that's the life we need to live. Whether it's good or bad, we need to love every single phase the people that we are leading are in. Because when it comes to relationships, when it comes to kids, when it comes to coworkers, when it comes to people you mentor, when it comes to, to people that you coach or you teach, it's not all gonna be perfect. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, it's going to be all over the place. But the one thing that you can continue the thread throughout, no matter what, is love. And that love will allow them to grow in each phase and continue on to the next one. A great example of this is the phase timeline orange put this together to give people an understanding of how a child grows up and i want us to walk through some of these various points of this timeline to talk about some of the ups and downs of raising a child together so um, as someone who works who has has a one-year-old works in kids ministry works in student ministry works in young adult ministry all sorts of things like that i got a pretty good idea of how these different phases go uh in my personal life so let's just walk through these together So this is the timeline. They're born at the very end. And it's great. You have that child born and you love that baby more than anything in the world, right? You have this whole thing unlocked in you and you're just like, wow, this is something special. This is different. And then three months of waking up at 3 a.m. happens, right? It's not that you don't love that baby, but you miss sleep. And then they turn one and then they start sleeping through the night And you're like, hallelujah, praise God, life is better. And then they turn into the terrible twos. And they're like little minions burning down your house at all moments. you're like, what is happening? And then they turn to five-year-olds. They go to kindergarten, right? And you have this sweet moment where you send off your little child and they have their little backpack on. You're sitting there at the door crying and it's just this cute family moment, right? And then they turn into second graders and let me tell you second graders know how to get underneath your skin they will eviscerate you they are very mean you want to be a, a, a real leader in someone's life go be a second grade small group leader get, experience truth right there they will not hide anything from you and then they kind of mature a little bit and realize hey i probably shouldn't say everything that comes to my mind only some things and they turn into fifth graders and life is better again And then they transition into sixth grade, middle school. And for some reason, when they turn into sixth graders, there begins to be a smell that emits from their body that could only be classified as like nuclear, right? Like it is horrible. And then they turn into eighth graders and they they figured out how to use deodorant so life is better. And they turn into these like little adults as eighth graders that still have to be driven around everywhere so you like you to hang out with your kid all the time you have a great conversation with them they have the fun of an adult they have the conversation adult but the the fun of a kid and, and it's it's awesome right and then they turn 16 you have another great family moment tears in your eyes you hand them a keys to a car and they drive off and you don't see them for two years because they ain't hanging out with you anymore. <laughs> they got freedom. <laughs> and then they turn 18. And they kind of have this moment of realization that time's running out. They want to spend more time with you. You see, through each of these phases, there's ups and downs and lefts and right. It's all over the place. But the one thing that can continue on through all of those is love. Each of those phases are important. Don't miss them. Because they're only in that phase one time. So we got to embrace the phase that they're in and help them know what matters and help them connect to Jesus. Help them connect to others because they need that at that moment. And even when it feels like you're far away, even when you're arguing with your high school, even when you're arguing with your middle schooler, even if your kid's annoying you, you can still love them. And that love is going to be what connects you even when there feels like there's distance. But that's not very tangible, is it? Saying, oh, I love my kid. I hope so, right? But how do you actually physically, like how do you love them? I think so much of love is recognizing where people are at. Knowing their likes, their dislikes, what movies they watch, what, what music they listen to, who their friends are, what they're interested in, what they're passionate about, what they hate what their favorite subject in school is, what their favorite portion of the job is, what they need to talk about, what they hate talking about. Knowing these things are super important. And I would feel like for a lot of us in this world, I I don't know why it necessarily is, but we don't do a great job of knowing things about other people. It's so strange because social media, you would think that we would know everything, but we just don't. Like if I was to ask you what your coworker's favorite movie is, you'd probably say, "I, I don't know. Now, if I was asked a, a, a three-year-old a four-year-old what their favorite movie is, the mom would say it's Frozen because I've watched it 950 straight times over the last three years. Please make it stop, right? But there's these different things we got to know. And I, I want to encourage you, if you're a parent and you're in here going, man, I just don't know enough about my kid right now. I don't know enough about them. We got a great resource for you at the the phase wall. There's these little books that do a great job of asking you questions about your child and their stage. And it'll really give you a great understanding of what's going on in their life. And that's important because this is what I believe. The more you know about someone, the more you'll able to know how to love someone. You'll know when to give them space You'll know when to step away. You'll know when to go talk to them. You'll know when to just sit there and listen to them. You'll know when to just go spend time with them. You'll know when to just let them kind of sit and do their own thing. You'll know when to challenge them, but also know when to give them grace. But if you don't know what's going on in their life, you'll never know how to actually love them because there'll be that barrier of knowledge. So that's what I encourage you to do. Know the people that you're with. Love them through recognizing where they're at right now. Which then, once you begin to love them that way, it's actually gonna allow you to have consistent action that shows them what really matters to you and makes a difference in their life. Because we gotta be consistent with our words, we gotta be consistent with our love, and then we gotta be consistent with our actions. Because like words, actions are repeated. That's why we have generation after generation after generation doing the same thing in people's lives. Because we have people showing them, hey, this is what matters to me. And we fall into the same ideas over and over and over again. The reality is no matter what you say, no matter how many times you say you love someone, no matter how many times you say you love Jesus, no matter how many times you say you should go and do something or you say this should be important for you, If your actions don't back it up, your words mean nothing. And it causes a negative effect on your life and their life. I gotta say time, it runs out quick when you're not doing the right things. And the reason it runs out quick when you're not doing the right things is because you take more time fixing problems of the past rather than focusing on the present. And when you have that mindset, man, it really just goes by. And I don't think any of us want that. I think we want to be focused on the present. So think about what you do on a daily basis. Think about what's going on in your life on a consistent basis. What are you showing to the people that you lead? What are you showing that matters to you? What do they need to see you doing? You know, a big example for me for this was scripture reading. I knew every single day waking up, I would walk upstairs, enter the living room slash kitchen, and I would see Josh Finkley sitting at our table, eating an Eggo waffle, watching Mike and Mike in the morning on ESPN, and drinking a Diet Coke at 6.30 in the morning. But I'd also see him reading his Bible during that time. And then every single night I would go to bed, I would see my mom sitting on her chair reading her Bible. And yes, they would say, hey, Clay, read your Bible. Hey, Clay, you need to be in your word. Clay, did you do your connect time? They would ask me these questions. But because I saw them doing it, that made a bigger impact on me more than anything. Because I saw tangibly how important it was in their life. And that's what this consistent action is all about. What are you really committed to? I'm gonna challenge you, look at your daily disciplines. How are your words and your actions matching up? And please make sure that they are. And that's something that, I'll be honest, is is, it's easy to be committed and consistent when things are going well. It's really hard when things are going bad. Because when things are going bad, you just kinda wanna run away from everything. You want to run away from the discipline. You want to run away from the consistent action. You just kind of want to do your own thing and just kind of give it up for a while. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm so impressed with Mary. Because Mary, she was very consistent with her actions. She stayed committed to what she believed in, which was God. And we know this because there's a story, obviously, about Jesus dying on the cross, It's an amazing moment in our lives. It's the thing that changes our lives forever. But for her, it's got to be one of the worst nightmares of all time. Because she's standing there looking up, seeing her son hanging on a cross for crimes he didn't commit. For the sins of all of us. In pain and hurt. She knew that was God's destiny for him. She knew that was God's plan for him. And at that point, she could have easily looked at God and said, God... This isn't right. This isn't right for him to be up there. Why are you letting this happen? I'm done with you. But she didn't do that. While everyone else was scattering away, while everyone else was running away, Mary stayed consistent with her actions. She stayed committed to what she believed in. She stood by that cross because she knew what really mattered. And that's such an impressive thing that I think we all need to step into and say, what am I really committed to? What am I really believing in? What are my actions really showing? And doing those things, yes, it will be hard. But you know what else is hard? Doing the wrong things and seeing the negative effects of them. So I'm going to challenge us today to respond with our actions. Think about the people that you are influencing today. That might be your kid. That might be a coworker. That might be a kid you coach or teach. might be a grandkid. And if you're like me, you have a gap in one of those three areas, whether it is words, love, or action. Take a moment and think about where is my gap? Where am I struggling? Where am I not succeeding? And then take a step, to improve. It will take time, it will take effort, it won't be easy to do, but it will be worth it because the relationship will be stronger and you will be able to help whoever you're leading find what matters. So maybe today, what you need to do is just tell your kid that they matter to Jesus. Maybe today you need to take a moment and recognize what's going on in the person you leads life. You just need to ask them a question about what's going on so that you can love them. Or maybe you need to say tomorrow morning at 6.30 a.m., I'm gonna be sitting at my table reading my Bible for the people to get up, they can see what I'm doing because this is what I'm committed to. And when I say that, that might feel daunting because you're worried about time running out. And it will. And I don't have any way better to say it. It will run out because no matter how good or bad we're doing, time still goes. Time still passes. And we keep losing more and more time. I want us to make the most of it. And there's pressure on that. And you might think to yourself, What if I make a mistake? You are gonna make a mistake. You are gonna mess up. It won't be perfect. But Mary wasn't perfect either. She made mistakes. She sinned. But she still raised Jesus. I'm not saying your kid's Jesus. (laughs) I've been with them in Kids Rock, they ain't. (laughs) But you can't help them find what matters and what matters is Jesus and that's why you should be striving to be consistent in your words and your love and your actions and for those of you in here you might be going I'm here for the first time I don't even know really anything about this Clay's talking about finding what matters and I want you to know if that's you what matters is Jesus because Jesus more than anybody else was consistent in his words, his love, and his actions. He said he was God. He died on the cross for all of us because he loves us so much. And then he raised from the dead, showing with his actions who he was. And because of that, we can have a relationship with him, we can have a life with him, we can have eternity with him. And I want you to experience that What's gonna happen is when you experience that, you're gonna go, wow, this is a better life than I could ever imagine. And then you're gonna to wanna to go help someone else do the same. And that's where I'm gonna challenge you then to be consistent with your words or your love and your action. There's lots of responses for us today. Maybe it is just as simple as telling your kid that they matter to Jesus. Maybe it's taking communion to remind yourself how great and how consistent Jesus really was. Maybe you need to have that moment at your seat where you say, Jesus, I, I'm choosing to follow you because of who you are and what you've done. Maybe you want to make the decision to get baptized. We've got a team that would love to take care of you. And I've got to challenge you guys today with this as I finish up. I want you to make a decision to respond today, to make a response in this moment, but don't let it stop there. Be consistent. Jesus, I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for what you're doing. Lord, help us to be consistent. Help us to have the right words, to have the right love, to have the right actions. Jesus, we love you. Amen.